0: Pray. Amen. Alright, so for the past few weeks, we have been looking at Matthew chapter 6, which in the hardcover Bible, what page is it? If your Bible's really, if you can like knock someone out with it, what, what page is it? What? 6.78. 6.78. Now, if you have a Bible that's so soft, that's like, ooh, this is nice, soft. What? Soft Bibles? What is it? Alright, good. Uh, we. <laughs> I don't know why I described them that way. But we've been looking at, the. it's called the Lord's Prayer. And if you are... From a Catholic background, you would know it as the, our Father. And we've been breaking down line by line for the past almost six weeks now. And, um, and today we find ourselves over in verse 12. Um, but before we start breaking down verse 12, we did this last week and I thought it was pretty cool. We're all going to read it together. Alright? And it's really nice. Uh, so we're going to, I want everybody f- starting in verse 9. So everybody look down. You're going to see big number 6. That means a chapter. Scroll down to the tiny number nine. That means the verse. And we're just gonna all read it together. Are you guys all ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Read it. All right, that was awful. All right, let's try it. All right, all right, here we go. So, so I'm gonna go from three. When I get to one, that's when you start reading. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. All right, that was amazing. All right, so from up here, I hear everything. So like this section was like doing really good. And then like at verse, I think it was verse 11, it kind of went. And this section, you guys did fantastic the whole week. So give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself some kind of applause. All right, so we are breaking down today verse 12. Uh, So look back down to verse 12. Uh, Verse 12 tells us. It tells us, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, we are going to be talking about this one verse for the next 15 to 18 minutes. And when you read it at first, it's like, oh, that's pretty easy. We should just say, God, forgive me. And then we should forgive people. But there's a little bit more to it. And this cage, which is obviously a bird cage. This is t- supposed to symbolize what we all know here at the Fuge as the cage in the back. Um, you don't know this, but the guy who kind of helped create this place, his name's Stefan. He's, he's a student pastor who was here before Justin, for all you OGs, you know him. Um, yeah, he created the coolness of this place that I would have never been able to think of. Uh, if this was up to me, it would be just an empty shell, just like with a picture of my kids on the wall, <laughs> and some Chick-fil-A stuff somewhere. Uh, but he put meaning into a lot of the things that are here in the future. And one in particular thing is that cage in the back, that whole fence thing that some of you guys go home and you Mom, I did the Bible study in a cage today. It was crazy. And your mom's like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? Um... So in that cage, there's, it's really interesting when you go in there because there's a lot of symbolism to it. And I thought it would be very helpful because in light of this passage, the symbolism behind that, it connects pretty well. Okay, so if you were to walk into that cage, what you would see is on top of you, what, what's there, what's on top of the cage? A bunch of keys. Not just any old keys, but really cool looking keys. And so the whole idea of that cage is that if you are... Basically, think of it like this, like my hand's a bird, it's inside the cage, and you're inside, right? Is that helpful? It looks just like a bird, right? um, (laughs) So when you're inside the cage, you're supposed to visualize a reality that we all face. That as human beings, as those who are in this world, in particular teenagers, we, a lot of times, we live in caged. And a lot of times we live in a way that we're feeling like, man, there's something not right here. I want to be free, but there's something holding me back. There's something keeping me from experiencing the kind of life I want, the kind of joy that I want, the kind of happiness that I want. There's something holding me back. And the truth is that on that cage, there's a lock. And that lock can be a a number of different things. And the lock is a is a symbol to help you understand that, you know what? You're stuck in that cage. And the keys are to help you think through, okay, these are the keys that sometimes we think unlock the lock. But sometimes they're fake keys. and They don't really unlock the lock of the cage. And these keys symbolize a, a wide range of stuff from, from drugs to alcohol to just trying to have a higher status, to try and be popular, to to even pursuing a sexual sexual lifestyle, to to just diving in and trying to be successful. We try and reach for all these things that we believe that man, this is gonna be what gets me out of this cage. This is gonna be what sets me free. This is gonna be what allows for me to fly like the bird I believe I am. And the truth is that those keys never work. And we have friends like that, right? Like we see them in our schools, we see them in, we have family members who are like that, where you see them go from thing to thing, trying to satisfy, trying to free themselves, trying to experience a moment where they can just forget about their pain, but then once that thing is over, it's all still there. And a lot of times our guilt is that lock. And then we believe, man, if I just reach for one of these keys, I'll be set free. So the idea behind that cage is is to cause you to reflect on what really does set you free. What really does, what really brings you out of this cage and allows you to be what you've been made to be. And the answer is Jesus. The answer is Christ. He is the key that you are longing for. He is the one who can unlock what's holding you back. And to allow you to be free and fly like the birds you were made to fly. During Waffle Wednesday, I have a goal where I tell two different groups of students. And I, I always tell two groups of students about that. And I, I walk into the cage and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing now? Weird man who just walked in the cage and said, what are you guys doing? You want me to tell you what this cage is? And I just start speaking to them. And I had one girl last week say, that sounds like good news. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that does sound like good news!" Because that's what is called the gospel—that Jesus wants to set you free. And one of the ways that Jesus sets you free is what we read, right, what just read right now: His forgiveness. His forgiveness of our sin is what frees us to experience the joys of life. His forgiveness of our sin is what frees us to be what we've been made. To be. And when we come to Him and when we pray to Him, when we seek Him, when we turn our attention to Him, the reality is that we must be people who say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Free me of my sin. See, because the word forgiveness, it really means freedom. Lord, set me free of what has encaged me. Lord, open the doors and allow me to be free. I am a chain to. I am chained to the sin. I am encaged by it. Lord, please free me. And that prayer doesn't come out of our mouths a lot of times because we just don't understand just what sin is. We don't understand our need for forgiveness. We don't see ourselves sometimes for what we truly are. We don't see ourselves as enchained, encaged uh, or enchained, whatever it is. We don't see ourselves as that. We think, oh, these bad things I, I've gotten caught up with, I got control over it. And I can handle it. And, I can, and it's not a big deal. I'll just do it a few times and I'll just deal with it. I don't need freedom from this. I got complete control over it. And It's foolish. Let me help you understand what sin is. I'll give you a, a good little imagery there. To just paint a picture. So, who has been told by their parents, you don't know anything? Alright, yeah, okay. I shouldn't have asked you to raise your hand. Some of you raise your hand too fast. <laughs> yeah, they told me that on the way here. Right? <laughs> and, and isn't that so offensive? When your parents say to you, you don't know what you're talking about, right?
1: I'm older than you.
0: You don't know anything. It's deeply offensive. It is so insulting when, when anyone is told, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. Why? Why is that so offensive? Because there's an underlining lack of trust. There's an underlining lack of, I, I don't really think you're intelligent, I think you're stupid. It's almost like a small jab. And the truth of the matter is that when we choose to sin, that action of sin is us saying to God, God, you don't know what you're talking about. When it comes to things of sex, you don't know what you're talking about. When it comes to things of obeying parents, you don't know what you're talking about. When it comes to lying, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I need to do. You're outdated, God. I'm updated. Why don't you go ahead and sit? Go go away and let me figure it out. Can you imagine just how enraging that is for God? And how insulting that is for God? Every time we go ahead and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to turn to this. That's what we're doing every time we sin. We are driving this deep offense into our Creator who has said to us, man, I have a better way for you to live. And our response is, you don't know what you're talking about. Our need for for forgiveness is massive. And the problem is that a lot of times we think our forgiveness is earned by us. You see, this passage is not saying to us, what did Jesus just tell us when we pray? What does he say to do? And pray for what? Forgive us of our sins, right? Forgive us of our debts. He doesn't say, give me strength to earn my forgiveness. He doesn't say... Give me the ability to do the right thing so that, that way you can now give me forgiveness. He says, just ask for it and it's yours. It's yours for free. I will freely free you from this cage that you have put yourself into. Just ask and it's yours. And there's a beauty to that because it just portrays just the beauty of his love for us. Let me tell you about my, my abuela. My so my abuela growing up, uh, she, she told me a story once, and her, her story with, my, with her husband is a very interesting one. It's kind of like one of those movie stories. You know, they met at work, they weren't supposed to like really talk to each other, they weren't supposed to like love each other, but my, my step-grandfather, he had all this swag, right? So he would write like little letters to her, and he say, mi amor te quiero. Right, like, 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 if she had like the right outfit on, he'll tell her like what he liked about the outfit. He'll buy her lunch and leave it for her in the refrigerator with like a note on top of it. Like, like he was caking hard on my Awila, and and the problem was that she was married. S- savage, that's not good. That's not good. And I can share this story to you guys because I asked her. I was like, "Hi, hey, Awila, you cool if I share this?" She's like, "Go, me, 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 niño, go, go." And uh. So he's, he was caking on my well. He would do this thing with cloquetas, right? It's so stupid. He would make cloqueta hearts. Like, at, at, no, that's gross. Like, can you imagine coming to your desk and someone made like a heart of cloquetas and you're like, who did this? And you see an old man like, hey, <laughs> that's so highly a ghetto. Like, so he would take these cloquetas and make hearts on her desk. So when she would come to her desk, there would be a heart made of cloquetas, right? <laughs> so stupid. And so here's what happened. Okay, my, my abuela was so wild by this, by, by who's my step-grandfather right now, that she, she actually left her husband to go be with him. Savage. <laughs> Savage. This is 35 years ago. And I'll never forget this, that my abuela told me. She, after about 15 years of their marriage, she then went to go speak to somebody about God. Someone was just talking to her about God. And then she said, she had all this guilt because of the situation that she, her her sin from her past. Because it was sin. The cloak at the heart was sin. And (laughs) that evil cloak at the heart. (laughs) And (laughs) that is so funny, man. No one heard about me. That was good. But. I'll never forget her saying this to me because we're talking, it was actually when I started following Jesus and I was sharing the gospel to my abuela I was trying to help her like understand who Jesus is and what Jesus wants to do for my abuela and all this stuff and then she told me the story of this time that she sat across a man who said he loved God, a man who said he was of God. She sits across from him and she tells him her story. And she says, look, this is what happened. And he gave me like a heart of cloquetas. And then like he gave me these letters. And I just fell in love with him. And it was super beautiful. And all this stuff. And the guy looks at her and says this to her. And she began to cry when she told me this. He said, forgiveness is not for you. Your sin of adultery has made you unforgivable. You leaving your husband to be with someone else has made it where God can never forgive you. And she wept as she told me that. And she was lied to. Because the truth is, forgiveness is for you. And I know some of you feel like you've, you've outreached God's forgiveness. I know some of you feel like, man, he is done with me. I have watched too much stuff I have turned to this one guy I shouldn't turn to too much. I have done, I've smoked this too much. I have done whatever it is too much that forgiveness is not for you. I'll never forget maybe eight, years, seven years ago, sitting across from my Awila. and it was, it was about a year after my mom had shared the gospel for maybe, maybe eight, nine years ago. I'm not sure. I was, whatever. And I'll never forget my abuela looking at me and saying, he was wrong. Forgiveness has always been for me. And we were talking through this prayer here when Jesus says, when you turn to God, you can ask him to forgive you at any time because forgiveness is for you. And that is a freedom that we have. You're in this cage. You can turn to him and say, God, forgive me. At any point. Because forgiveness is for you. And that is the beauty of the gospel. You see, God in his deep offense over our sin, his anger has been pulled back almost like a big rubber band. And every sin that we have done, every time we have said, you don't know what you're talking about. And we have sinned and sinned and sinned. His wrath has just increased over all of history. And the beauty of the cross is that when Jesus goes on the cross and yells out, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus at the cross at that moment is receiving the full backlash of that rubber band of God the Father's wrath being let go and coming and landing upon Christ. The rubber band that should have landed on you lands on Him. The wrath that you should have received for your sin, the wrath that my grandmother should receive for her sin, lands on Him, not us. And we get to say, God, please forgive me we get to experience forgiveness. And we get to experience freedom from our sin. There's beauty to that. And now in this passage, he is not just saying, hey, hey, when you turn to God, ask him to forgive you. He is also saying, and ask him to help you forgive as you've been forgiven. So this passage then turns and says, man, if I've experienced such forgiveness... If God is looking at what I have done, if God is looking at what the cage that I was in, and he's saying, get out of the cage, you're free. He then tells us, sorry, you guys all heard me scratch my beard. Ew, how gross is that? There's some dinner in there to get out. But he's not, if he's saying to us, get out of the cage, you are free. What are we saying when we're not willing to forgive someone else? What are we saying when our parent has done us wrong and we're not willing to look at them and say, I forgive you? What are we saying when someone has taken a picture of us and used it in a way that we didn't intend it to be used on social media? We say, I'm not going to forgive you. I hate you. Get in your cage. (laughs) All right? To that ex-boyfriend. You did this to me. Get in the cage. (laughs) When we say, I won't forgive a person, we're putting them in a cage. We have been set free and then we live our lives as if we have the right now to put people in cages. Instead of freeing people from cages, instead of freeing people from the bondage, of what they have done. Instead of looking at someone who has harmed us or said something to us or mistreated us and say, I forgive you, we say, No, no, no. I want you to be punished. And not only are we putting them in a cage, unforgiveness in itself is bondage. Because we ourselves are putting ourselves into a cage. We ourselves are going ahead and punishing ourselves when we choose to unforgive. When we say, hey, you've done wrong to me, I'm gonna hold a grudge, you have now wrapped those same chains around yourself. You've been called to set free. You've been called to experience freedom in Christ. You have been called to be a free bird like we have spray painted all over this place. But when you choose to hold on to unforgiveness, you put yourself back in the cage that God's freed you from. So in your tribes, you guys are going to be discussing more about this and getting more practical with it. I didn't feel like I would have enough time to get practical. And in your tribes, you're going to be discussing, okay, what are three different reasons why we wouldn't forgive? And you're going to talk about three different reasons why God wants us to forgive others. And you're going to read a passage in Scripture that, for me personally it has been the most influential passage in, in all of scripture when it comes to forgiveness I can just tell you about it real fast and then you'll read it in your groups Jesus is giving the parable of a, of a slave that owed someone almost 10 million dollars that's a lot that's a lot of money and when the guy who, who was supposed to receive the 10 million dollars got fed up with the guy not giving the money he came to him and said hey where's my money boy <laughs> Boy, it's ten million, boy. Give me my money, and the guy's like, I don't know. <laughs> imagine ten million dollars, right? Santiago wants his money. Yes, yeah, Santiago wants his money. I don't know what that means, bro, but yeah. <laughs> and so, so he comes to him, right? And the master says this to him. He says, "You know what? You owe me ten million dollars." I have the right to really get your kids. I have the right to take your home. I have the right to take your life. But you know what? I'm going to forgive you of that debt of $10 million. What? Can you imagine that feeling of like, oh my gosh, you took away the debt, right? And then here's what Jesus says. That guy then goes outside, walks a block away from the master's house, and then he sees a guy who he, sees a guy who, he bought him Spicy Cheetos, right? And he said, Hey man, I'm gonna pay you back for these spicy Cheetos, the dollar fifty, whatever the bag cost. And he sees this friend, and he says, Hey yo, you owe me a dollar fifty, man? Where's my dollar fifty? And the guy's like, hey man, I don't have my, I don't have the dollar fifty. And Jesus says the guy begins to choke him and beats him to the ground and says to him, How dare you not give me my dollar fifty? What is wrong with that story? the man was just forgiven $10 million and then he beats up someone who owes him $1.50. That's you. That's you who chooses to not forgive somebody. You have been forgiven by God of your massive debts and sin. Who are we to put someone back in the cage because of what they've done to us? You're going to talk more about that in your tribe and get more practical with it. I know I'm just kind of throwing it up there. But my hope is that in your tribe, you'll be able to break down and walk away with some tools and make this very helpful for you guys.